0: Good morning, everybody. Go ahead and get out something to take notes with. Get out your Bible. Open up to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. I'm there. I was, uh, had a random thought this week, and I thought uh, that I would say that thought. Um, so to the uh, like single guys in the room, if you were here like a year ago, I told you, like, hey, within two years, do what you got to do to get married. It's been a year, so (laughs) I checked with the pastors. None of us have had anybody come to us and ask us, hey, what steps do I need to take for that? So maybe you've asked other guys, but if you haven't, initiate that question. Hey, what do I do to be moving towards that? Because um, if that's the call of God on your life, then you should pursue it like a call of God on your life, and the men in this house want to help you do it. Thank you, Crystal. That is good. That is good. I'm just saying, we're here, you know. Like, if uh, if you're if you're too scared to talk to us, we're not scary. If you're too proud, get over it. If you don't know what to ask or what to say, say this: Hey, I am a man of God, and I want to move my life towards marriage. Can we talk? That's all you got to say. All right, Matthew 28. We are in a series called Kingdom Fruit, kicking off the year, talking about the uh, word of the Lord that God's really calling our attention to as we start this year, and. I'm having a great time thinking about this. It's really working its way into my daily life. This call, this reminder, Lord, whatever I'm doing today, in all that I'm trying to get done, I really let it all produce kingdom fruit. Please help me, Lord. And so we talked about kind of vision for that the first week. We're taking these next few weeks to talk about the lifestyle that produces kingdom fruit. Jesus said to the Pharisees, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to those who produce its fruits. I, for one, want the kingdom of God. So, Lord, what is the lifestyle that produces kingdom fruit. We're talking about uh, the way we package them around Antioch is our five values, things that as you overview Scripture, as you look over church history, you will see that these are the things God has lined out and the practice of the church has confirmed are the elements that make up a lifestyle that produces kingdom fruit. Last week, the first thing we talked about was personal devotion, personal devotion. As you look through your own life, church history, If you look at communities and individuals have produced kingdom fruit, you will not find one who did not have a lifestyle of being personally devoted to Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am like the vine and you are the branch. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Praise the Lord. That tells me anybody I've ever seen bear fruit? has a connection to Jesus. I want to be personally devoted to Jesus. The second element of this lifestyle that we're talking about this morning is making disciples, making disciples. I'm a little intimidated, if I can just be honest on the front end. In uh, October, on the Sunday of Kingdom Conference, David Campbell preached like the greatest message on discipleship I've ever heard. And I thought about just putting it on the screen this morning, but... Here we are, so go ahead and stand for the reading of the Word of God, Matthew 28. This morning, it's going to be, it's going to be a great sermon. It's going to be awesome, but if you want like a real one, <laughs> go listen to that one. <laughs> I'm just playing, I'm just playing, I do not <laughs> All right, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, for your nearness, and for your presence here with us. Thank you for your promise that as we gather in your name, you're with us. Thank you for every person here this morning. Thank you that you know every one of us, and we ask, Lord, that you would show yourself to us. Anywhere that we're hungry, would you satisfy that hunger? Any way that we aren't hungry in your grace, just Skip that part and fill us anyways. We need you, Lord. We want to see your face. We want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take a seat. Yes or no question? Do you make disciples? Yeah, I, well, yeah, right, totally. I totally do, right? Do you make disciples? Don't you love those direct yes or no questions in church? The Bible says this, are you doing it or not? Come on, guys. Well, what does it even mean? What does it mean? Make disciples. What does Jesus mean? What do we mean how do you know if you're doing it? Sounds important. Jesus said it directly. Go do it. Last week we talked about Jesus saying, you are my friends. If you do what I command, we want to be his friends. Here's a command. How do I know if I'm doing it? Well, what, what is discipleship? What does it look like to make disciples? Do you? Does it mean like teaching a class? Is it some... Defined frequency of meeting for coffee? Is it like you telling somebody what to do? Because you're the spiritual one and they're not? Is it planting churches? Is that what it takes to make disciples? And who can make disciples? Who who can do that? How does, how does one know when one is ready to make disciples? Is there a certificate that you get? Is there a commissioning that you receive? Is there a status you achieve? How do you know if you are Master Shifu? And how do you find your Poe? <laughs> In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus has lived his life. He has died on the cross. And he has resurrected. And he is about to ascend to the Father. And he tells his followers, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize everyone in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach everyone, teach all the nations to obey everything I commanded you. And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the very end of the book of Matthew. When we pick up the story in Acts chapter 1, kind of same storyline. Jesus is about to ascend to the Father and we receive from him this other instruction that he gave his followers to not go do that until they received what he says is the promise of the Father. Oh, that's crazy. The Son of God incarnate dead and resurrected saying you haven't even received the promise of the father yet so wait wait until you receive the promise of the father the holy spirit he says when when the promised one of the father when the holy spirit comes upon you you will not you might, not some, you will receive power to be my witnesses from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Sounds a lot like go make disciples. Okay, so go make disciples of all nations But don't go until you receive the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit, because when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're going to receive the power to go and make disciples of all nations. That's Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 2, they're all filled dramatically with the Holy Spirit. And I say dramatically because it's kind of dramatic, but what else would one expect when the living God fills some human beings? A friend in college, when kind of, we'll say, dramatic things would happen when people would be filled with the Holy Spirit and be like, why does this happen and that happen? She would say, I don't know. I guess God's really big and we're really small, I'm like, yeah, you try to fit something really big into something really small, that's going to be a dramatic result. Makes sense to me. Anyways, they wait, they pray, and they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and the church is born. There's tongues of fire on their heads. They start speaking in different languages that they didn't know. And they stand outside in public. So everybody can see them doing this. They start talking in all these languages, and they stand up for all to see preaching the gospel in all these languages that they didn't know, but the languages of the crowd that has now gathered around them. They weren't planning on the crowd. They didn't know beforehand what languages would be in the crowd, but by golly, it all just worked out. Look at that. Praise the Lord. Just, I mean, just, that's crazy. All right. So that's all happening. And the crowd is kind of trying to figure this whole situation out. And so Peter stands up, takes charge, because somebody has to. Peter stands up in the crowd, and he begins to explain what's happening right now. And he references one of the prophets, Joel, and specific part of Joel's prophetic revelation in chapter 2, verse 16. It's Joel 2, it's also Acts 2. So, if that's not God, I don't know what it is, Nick. Acts chapter 2, verse 16. Peter says, everyone's asking, what's going on here? Are they drunk? What's happening? Peter stands up and says, this, this. Here's what this is. This is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And then he begins to quote, And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will, there it is again, I will, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, It shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So Peter tells them, this, this, what we got going on right now, this is that. That's what this is. And he goes on. He proclaims to them the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus. And he tells them that this Jesus is the Messiah. He is the promised descendant of David who will sit on the throne forever. Before he ascended, Jesus commanded his followers, proclaim him, proclaim Jesus, proclaim the kingdom, proclaim the Lordship of Christ to the nations. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come on you so that As you go to make this proclamation about God, you can do it in the very power of God. So they waited. Like Jesus promised, the Holy Spirit came on them. The nation surrounded the place they were gathered. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, they witness to Jesus. This Jesus is the Messiah. Acts 2 verse 36 tells us as he finishes, he says this to the crowd, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus who you crucified. Now when they heard this, Oh, gosh, what'd they do? They were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise... All of this is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and were added to that day, were added that day about 3,000 souls. So next, what happens is these apostles and the disciples from the upper room and these new believers that have gathered and heard the gospel and been cut to the heart and repented and been baptized, together they all start telling other people about Jesus. They start baptizing those who confess Jesus. They start catechizing them, instructing them. Instructing these new brothers and sisters, fresh, freshly born again by the Holy Spirit, instructing them in the commands of Jesus. They taught each other to obey Jesus and do what he commanded. In other words, by the power of the Holy Spirit, they were and they became disciples of Jesus. Over the years of these Christians, discipling one another, helping one another be and make disciples of Jesus, both because of persecution and by the leading of the Holy Spirit, these Christians began to spread around the world to different cities and different nations and different continents doing the same thing, baptizing people in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching people not to follow their old ways, but to follow everything that Jesus commanded. Those disciples, they went about making disciples who made more disciples of Jesus. And as time went on, there started to be more and more of those disciples. And they were trying to teach each other how to obey the commands of Jesus. And along the way, they debated theology. They combated heresy. They mourned martyrs, canonized the Bible, performed miracles, and preached the gospel. Over the centuries, they weren't perfect. They made a lot of mistakes. They sinned. They divided. They lied. They manipulated. They warred. And they made disciples. Somehow, this great promise of the Father, the great Holy Spirit, over the centuries, in the midst of it all, This spirit of God who birthed the church and empowered the church faithfully kept and grew the church through all times and through all places until today. And here you are. January 21st, 2024 in Indianapolis, Indiana, grafted into the family of God by that same Spirit of God. Gathered, here we are, in the name of the Son of God to proclaim in, believe in, and participate in this good news of the kingdom. And today, almost every nation, tribe, and tongue has a witness of Christ. We know where and who the ones are that don't, And Christians all around the world are praying to and waiting on the Holy Spirit to send and empower them to those people in order to make disciples, to go to those and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and to teach them to observe everything he commanded us. I know that there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the church. You know, like there's a lot. There, you know, the church does this or doesn't do that, has done this, hasn't done that. There's imperfections, there's hurts, there's disappointments, there's questions, there's disagreements, there's differences of opinion. And there's criticism and there's all these things about what the church needs to do, ought to do, hasn't done. It's shrinking. No, it's growing. No, it needs to be more of this and less of that. And we all need to do that. And they need to do all of this. But just remember, in all of it, you are here today because of the church. At church. With the church. Jesus' church. You are a disciple because other disciples made disciples. Let's never forget that part. You are here this morning. You are here to be baptized in the Father. That's what this is about. You are here to be immersed in our Father who is in heaven. Holy is his name. Who is he? And who are you in him? He wants to work his way everywhere through every fiber of your being and cover you in who he is as the Father. You are here to be baptized in the Son, to be covered, immersed in who is Jesus Christ. You are here to abide in him like a branch abides in a vine. You are here to be soaked in the revelation, in the truth, and the reality of his life and his death and his resurrection and his ascension and his lordship. You are here to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, be filled, covered, dunked in, overflowing with the spirit of the living God that you might be empowered by him, know him, hear him, love him, keep in step with him, and have him bear his fruit through your life. You are here to obey what Jesus commanded and help other people do the same thing. Good. And if you're not here to do that, then you're here because you're curious about all that. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not here for either one of those things, I have no idea why you're here. <laughs> but I'm glad you're here. We all want to live a fruitful life, right? We want a fruitful life. We're talking about kingdom fruit, so we're going to use the word fruitful, but we all want to live a meaningful life, you know, a successful life. We We want to live a fruitful life. That's why influencers are a thing. That's why they exist, because everybody wants to do something fruitful, something meaningful, and they are living the successful, fruitful, meaningful, satisfying, pick-your-adjective life that you want to live. That's why you're listening to them. That's why you're watching them. That's why you're doing what they're telling you to do and going where they tell you to go, because you want what they have, and they have that life. Go to this store, go to this church, go to this school. Don't go to school, just go to work. Don't go to work, go travel. Don't go to travel, you lazy bum. Get up and start something. Go have a family. Don't have kids, they'll ruin your life. All you need is a husband. Don't you dare get a husband. They're all punks. (laughs) Go to your friend's house, get new friends. Go figure it out. Go work it out. Go work out. Go to the gym. Change the world. Help people. Make the world a better place. Make a name for yourself. Do something like me. Do the thing I'm doing. That's why you're listening to me tell you how to do what I'm doing. And you want to be like me. It's all discipleship. It's all discipleship. You want to be like me? Let me immerse you in me So you can do what I do. It's all discipleship. Do you make disciples? Yes, you do make disciples. You do it all the time, every day. You show people in your life how to be like someone. Personal devotion can look like a bunch of different things. You can do it a bunch of different ways, and there are a bunch of different tools and resources to help you be equipped in that and grow in that. Similarly, making disciples can look like a bunch of different things. You can do it a bunch of different ways. And there are a bunch of different tools and resources to help you be equipped in making disciples and grow in making disciples. But as to the question of what is it, What what is making disciples It's not that complicated. It's very simple. Making disciples is you helping others follow Jesus. That's what we're talking about. You have to have that as an element of your lifestyle if you want to produce kingdom fruit. Help others follow Jesus. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it. Help others follow Jesus. See, there is a God on the throne of all things. He is alive. He took on flesh and became a man to reveal himself to us, to forgive us of sins, to free us from sins, to make us born again as a new creation so that we could live as adopted sons of God and be restored and empowered by his spirit for the purpose that he originally created us for. And that purpose, he tells us plainly at the very, very beginning, is to image God. We are made to be the image of God, be in the image of God. God made us in his image to be his imagers, okay? Being a disciple of Jesus means following him, being like him, obeying him, right? Okay, so God made us to be his imagers. Being a disciple of Jesus means following him, Jesus is God, therefore discipleship is imaging God. That's what we're going for. Image God and help others do the same thing. Everything you do, everywhere you go, everyone you know, you reflecting the image of God and helping others do the same. That's what we're talking about when we say lifestyle of making disciples. Influence others to follow Jesus. Influence others to follow Jesus. Well, what do you do in the conversation or at the coffee? Do I read the books? Do I do the studies? Do we, do we meet for coffee or do we meet for prayer? Do we pray for each other? Do we pray for others? Do I pray for you and tell you what to do or do you tell me what to do? Do I encourage you and rebuke you and train you or encourage you and challenge you or just tell you you're doing a great job? What do I do? If it's for kingdom fruit, yes. Do it. Yes. Yes. You know, you're thinking, you're having that thought, like, how do I help this person follow Jesus? Just help them, do something. Just go after kingdom fruit. If they don't want it, that's not on you. See, you don't have to know everything or be a guru or be perfect because you're not called to make disciples of you. You make disciples of Jesus. He's been there and done all that. He's the guru. He's perfect. He knows everything. You abide in him. He abides in you, which means you hear his word, and then you do what he commands you, and then you help other people obey his commands too. You will not bear kingdom fruit without participating in the kingdom. This is what God is doing in the kingdom. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he is calling people to obey Jesus so they can be in the Father. Referring back to Matthew chapter 21, the parables from the first week, and the parable of the two sons, right? There's a lot going on there, but what I do know and do take away from there is get in the field. Get in the field, son. Jesus says, which one did the will of the Father, the one who actually got in the field. The one who got in the field. If you are not a child of God this morning, if you are a sinner, if you are a son of disobedience, if you are rejecting Jesus Christ, now is the time. Now is the time. Repent and believe and be baptized, every one of you, and you will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. If you are here this morning and you are a child of God, adopted into the Father by the faith in the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit, receive him, abide in him, abide in the vine, let his word nourish your life, be filled with his Holy Spirit. What we're talking about in this series is that, of course, there's a lot of how-tos, but first there's the want-to, I've got to set myself towards kingdom fruit. And give him away as he gives himself to you. Give them to your friends, give them to your spouse, give them to your children, give them to your neighbors, give them to your coworkers. Is making disciples something specific you need to add to your life this year? Yeah, probably in some way, you know, you you, you need to make this happen and make the time and have the relationships. You need to prioritize it and all of that stuff. But also, the first step is not adding something to your life. The first step is setting the aim of your life. the want to of making disciples starts with you setting your life on the whole to image God. Because to make disciples, you need to be a disciple. And disciples of Jesus make disciples of Jesus. So like last week, I'm not gonna, I can't spend all this time and all these resources, but there are a ton of resources for you. And I want to make sure you know about them. Number one, the best resource you have in your life for making disciples is the spirit of the living God. Abide in Jesus. Let his word abide in you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and you will be a witness to Jesus. Next biggest resource you have in your life for making disciples is everybody you know. Everybody you know. Help all of them follow Jesus. That's supposed to be fun and exciting to hear, but... (laughs) Everyone you know, just find somebody and help them follow Jesus when you're talking to them. That's awesome. The third biggest resource in your life is the church. The church. We've got so much stuff, and I could go on and on about it, but um, the good thing is we have a pastor of life group and discipleship. His name's Sam, and he happens to be everybody's favorite pastor. And so you just talk to him. He's the best, and his last name is best, and it's really true. He's the best. So many resources and amazing training on how do I get intentional about this? How can I introduce this into every area of my life? I know that sounds intimidating, but if you want to, don't get worked up about how you don't know the how to, just go talk to Sam and say, I have the want to, help me out. Help me out here. Help me introduce this into my life. And then a lot of the stuff he's going to tell you about, you remember Kirk Freeman from Kingdom Conference from San Antonio, Saturday morning? It's like the most lovable person in the whole world. He just, he's been, he just put out a book this month about all of this and all the things that Sam's going to tell you about. It's called Threads by Kirk Freeman. Read the book if you want it. It's on Amazon, so it's where books go. So the church is your greatest resource. We have a pastor. We have books. You know, there's so many people in this room who are doing this. Start asking, asking for help. Go talk to John West. This is like what he does for a full-time job. Jack Frisbee's been doing this for decades. Lori Ornder's a beast at this. Lindsay Frazee's amazing at this with her kids. You just discipled all of us talking about marriage encounter. That was amazing. Come to pre-service prayer where the Yoders lead, and they'll help you learn how to pray. Go ask Natasha what happened at a store two weeks ago, how she discipled some guy. Go talk to Clay about how to connect with God in prayer in a deeper way. Go ask Dustin how he's trying to work this into his business. Go talk to Alex about how he's considering the kingdom of God as he's coaching people and how to finance businesses. We're all here. This is what we're here for, remember? We can do this together, and you can do this. You can do this. You're like, well, I don't know everybody here. Great. Go to the Connect area on your way out today. Talk to Sam and say, I want to make disciples. And if that's too intimidating to you, go on our website or on the Church Center app and find the form that says, how to be a disciple. You don't even have to talk to anybody yet. We can do this. We are part of the greatest story on earth. We are part of the greatest story on earth. And the same spirit who raised Jesus from the grave is in us. That same promise of the Father. And there is so much to focus on and so much to run after in this life. And your schedule is so full this week. And that's fine. You don't need to drop all of it. You don't need to change all of it. But you do need to aim in all of it for kingdom fruit. Let's aim for kingdom fruit. Abide in the vine. Hear his words. Obey what he says. And help others do the same. Would you stand? I'm going to pray for you. We're going to worship and respond. Our prayer team is going to be up here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything in your life, whatever God is stirring in you, set yourself towards it between you and the Holy Spirit right now. And then I advise you to go share it with somebody. And let's hear his word and do what he says. Lord, I thank you for your word to us this morning. And we cry out, would you come, Holy Spirit? Come, Holy Spirit, baptize us again. Baptize us fully, Lord. Fill us, fill us, great Holy Spirit. Empower us to be your witnesses to all the nations, to our neighbors, to our coworkers, our friends, our kids. Lord, to one another, I pray, oh God, that we would be built up by you, in the Holy Spirit, that as your church, we would be bound together in the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that as your church, we would build one another up in the Holy Spirit, that we would encourage one another, spur one another on in your commandments. You know best, you are the king. Draw us near to you and stay near to us. In Jesus' name, amen.